five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Pwn podcast, your premier podcast about the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. And as you can tell, today I'm your host, Alex at Omnistrife. So while Chris is away, we know is not this is not a one man show, of course. Who even does <laughs> that, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> my co-host here does. The one man watchpoint himself. At sec, Sir Doctor JM, how are you doing uh, today, well, Jordan? You know what they say when Chris is away, the children will play. I guess. <laughs> I hope they're not playing uh, Overwatch too, because that thing's uh, a kind of a mess. Still, we have broken characters, locked out characters. They're they're trying. They're trying. You Some know what? Stuck in queue. Some of them yeah. are getting half a match in. You know. Yeah, that I, I was trying to, unfortunately. I had so many DCs, and I was adamant on still playing uh, during the first couple of days. So now things are better. So I got in like and, and played a little bit of the last nice. placements. I got bronze three on DPS, okay. which is so embarrassing. <laughs> but I had like five or eight DCs, oh. most of them on my team. So I, I guess that's part of it. That's too bad. Anyway, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you climb back I haven't soon. had a chance to play much. Um console mm-hmm. it's funny i actually had um you know the first couple of days i think everyone had some pretty a pretty challenging time getting in and everything like that yeah it was rough. after the first couple of days i didn't really have much much of a problem getting in or mm. even finding matches um but i was a little hesitant to sink a lot of time in because um right. my battle pass and all my watch point stuff had not carried over and I was worried that, like, I, I didn't want to put in a bunch of time to not get the the twenty mm. percent bonus XP and everything uh, to to build yeah, up that yeah. battle pass. So I was kind of, you know, I was playing a little bit slowly, and then going into this long weekend. Of course, we have Thanksgiving long weekend in Canada here. Um, I sure. uh, I was traveling, so I just didn't really get to play. I played my first match all weekend just last night, uh, competitive mm. match. So I haven't even finished my placements. Um, so I I don't know where I will yeah. fall, but uh, fingers crossed for. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel your pain. Like I- I'm trying to get through the battle pass, and the challenges help a little bit. But and I have the twenty percent yeah. uh, XP bonus, but uh, I don't know if I'll get to that game. I know the, the more I see about it, um, you know, like top five hundred streamers that I watch and stuff like that, and you know, some of them are just getting there now, and it's like, oof, that's and and they're they're yeah, playing eight and to they, ten to fourteen hours a day, right? Literally yeah, their yeah, job so, exactly. We'll see. I mean, we do this podcast, so maybe Overwatch is kind of a job for us, but not really. <laughs> it's, it's volunteer work. <laughs> not really the same thing. All right. So, yeah, we've got a couple of games to talk about as well. Overwatch League has been going uh, on. Uh, Vancouver Titans actually completed their season um, in bittersweet fashion. Sweet because we did have mm-hmm. a dub there, but bitter because we're not going to see them uh, again in this season, unfortunately not making it into the play-ins either. Uh, we have some news, and hopefully we get through this episode uh, smoother than Overwatch 2's launch was, yeah. right? All right, let's get to the payload then. Moving the payload! Join me! 
Starting off, we're going to talk a little bit about the game. Well, we had a couple of games for Vancouver. Oddly, both games went to a fiver, right? We, we had uh, lots of excitement. First one was a weird match, to say the least. Um, general thoughts before we, we head into the the uh, nitty and gritty of the different maps? General thoughts? Um, I mean, man, this match went from being... All Vancouver to all Florida, pretty pretty quick. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. you know, Vancouver came out really strong. Things looked really good for a while there, and then I, I don't know if Florida got their act together or if uh, Vancouver fumbled sure. the ball, but uh, things turned. Yeah, and I think it's fair to mention here that for Vancouver, it doesn't really matter anymore what what results they get. They only play for you know respect and trying to finish. Uh, this season on a positive note here for Florida though it matters a little bit more they are still uh, in the thick of things in terms of what seed they're gonna get uh, and every team that's still in that position tries to um, tries their hardest to, to to win and it didn't look like that uh, to begin uh, this match uh, with Busan Aztec and Skyripa in, and that's something that we also needed to mention. We we speculated in the past episode what's going on with Masa saying goodbye, or is he really going to play anywhere? And mm-hmm. he didn't play. I think he is really not with the team anymore. So we did see Aztec and Skyripa not just in this uh, match, but also in the yeah. in the other one. Uh, we also saw another blast from the past in Mirror mm-hmm. playing uh, Doomfist. And he was very effective, like before on this hero, even before this meta came to be. Um, and, you know, Aspiring King, as good as ever. It was, I think, 100-6 to six on the downtown map. A very easy 1-0 for Vancouver. I was not really sure what to, to think <laughs> of it. You know, it's Busan, it's mm-hmm. King of the Hill. Uh, things are always wild there. But then Shrine begins, and, and Vancouver looks even more dominant. It's just stomping... Yeah. Florida, I, I don't think they lost control once. No, I, I actually just watched the replay of it, and it was it was a dominant showing from from Vancouver. I mean, like you say, I I chalk it up largely to a mirror on the Doomfist. He looked just right? excellent. Like, uh, you know, his tracking, uh, just you know, flipping around, slamming the ground towards uh towards whoever. Um, I know <laughs> I could have said towards someone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> to, to end out that first round on Busan, um, he, he kind of pulls a 180 and slams the ground, uh, and right. hits Sirmajed with it and takes out the Zen. And, oh, it was such a clean, clean match. Like Very you said, 100 clean. to one, I think it was, or I mean, sorry, 100 to six. Um, yeah. and then the next round, I think it was all Vancouver, right? 100, 100 to zero. One. Um, and, uh, and yeah, someone coming out with the Sigma, a little bit more of a, Static pick um, on the yes. tank side of things, but yeah, that Doomfist just uh, didn't didn't seem to care, right? So yeah, I like what you did there with the pun. I'll <laughs> add to that that someone, despite being so flexible, did not mirror the Doomfist. Oh, hey. oh, oh. he made <laughs> a uh, perhaps perhaps I should aspire to make oh. uh, make uh, better choices next time. Yeah. <laughs> If, if I try harder, I might be the king of, of this little joke. We'll see. Well, I was I was gonna say he <laughs> some would would call uh, you know checkmate a false king, but uh, uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now now we're trying too hard. Um, let's just stop this and go to Paraiso. Uh, uh, 
we did mention Falston here. Vancouver starts on attack. He goes yep. on to one of his better picks, of course, on, in, in Desaria. Mm-hmm. Um, this was still a tight match, I'd say. Um, Spire on the Sojourn it, mm-hmm. it was uh, looking pretty good, uh, and, and they got the first point. Not very quickly, but mm-hmm. eventually they get it. Yeah. But then there's this weird uh, uh, time in the map when they go to the street phase and, and they were slowed down. What were you going to say there? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it was, it was you know, a, a quick push to get kind of halfway mm-hmm. to that first checkpoint, maybe a little past halfway, like you say, in the streets, uh, winding between those the shops and the favela and everything. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. things kind of really stall out. Um, and I'm I'm not too sure, you know, what happens there. Um, someone is mirroring the Zarya. Um, and, and he, he looks, and that was, that was not, yeah. not meant to be a pun. And Mirror wasn't even in the map. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, Florida, Florida kind of seemed like, whoops, at this point, they started to get things together a little bit more. They looked right. a little more coordinated. Um, but, you know, ultimately it, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't quite enough, um, or, or didn't last long enough. And then, you know, Sure. Um, I mean, Vancouver doesn't doesn't manage to cap that first point, and and we flip kind of thing. Yeah, and and, and I wasn't really sure what to think at this point. Like, uh, despite like Busan, I said it can go either way, and then suddenly Florida seems to have you know uh, gone was the Florida we've seen in that previous map, and and someone was looking uh, good, and and then we. Uh, saw checkmate really assert his dominance so mm-hmm. there's a little uh, thing that happens next in, in defense for vancouver but also on defense it didn't look uh, great um florida came out strong they got the point much much quicker i think it mm-hmm. was genji picks from a hydron yeah um but this time vancouver do- kind of does uh what florida did to vancouver in stalling and slowing down that payload to a crawl mm-hmm. In the street phase, um, he just ate all that time away, him on, on, on the diva, I think, for the most part. And Vancouver playing really good. And then came a really awkward uh, point there at the end. Florida almost got it to the point. And then mm-hmm. what would you say? Is that is that a classic vintage uh, Charlie Niner at the end? See, <laughs> I was a little bit surprised that nobody... Um, you know, nobody on the cast or anything called it out. Um, but if you ask me, like, I'm almost convinced that, like, like, so in Overwatch 1, when Sombra was invisible, if she hacked, it pulled her out of invisibility, didn't it? Yeah. And it so did. I think this is an Overwatch 1 versus Overwatch 2 thing. Now, the, ar- the argument against that would obviously be they've been playing the entire season on Overwatch 2, so they should know this by mm. now. But I think that's what happened because at the very end of the round, that was, that was when, uh, Checkmate was essentially on the point and he went to hack. I forgot. It might have been Aztec. It might have been Skyrip. I think it was Aztec. Yeah. Um, and it didn't pull him out of stealth, which means he cannot, he doesn't count as having presence on the point. Ah, and it ended. that's right. If, and nobody, if you're invisible, that, right? there's no, there's no contest. Exactly. Right? You, you don't actually, yeah, mm. you can't push progress if, if you're invisible. Like you could be on the cart and it won't matter. Like literally on top huh. of it, which essentially he was, right? He was in proximity. So I think that's what happened. And I was shocked that nobody, you know, I didn't hear anybody on the desk say it. I know they didn't say it on the, on the actual yeah. cast. Um, 
And I was, I was just surprised because in my mind it was, you know, it was a slip of the slip of the head kind of thing or whatever, a brown yeah. fart, whatever you want to call it. And, and even if he did touch, like Vancouver were oh. pretty much on the card, and and his team yeah. was, you know, they were too far to help him. So yeah. it was more of a dramatic, uh, like gasp type of thing. It was, but it, yeah, nothing really would have changed. Yeah. No, it, it definitely would have. Uh, yeah, I actually have it up right now, and I just watched it. And it would have stalled it out. You know, they would have had a slow trickle. Maybe someone mm. gets in there with a bubble or something, or he can, you know, maybe he bubbles RuPaul if if he has his ult or someone something. Someone or something. I'm I, oh, not following. Who knows? <laughs> who knows at this point? Next and and next we're gonna have a player named Who Knows, but <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it's like you, who you got you? eliminated, but Who Knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. And, and the th- another thing on, on these, um, you know, uh, um, C9s, uh, people forget that unless you trigger overtime, mm-hmm. there's no overtime. Yeah. And sometimes you think like you have those five, three seconds, and if you don't trigger them, there's nothing, mm-hmm. not even like a millisecond, and it's gone. It's true. Um, but it was weird. And Vancouver goes up 2-0. At that point, you'd think, wow, we're... But at, at the very least, not losing this match, right? Yeah, and and I mean, I don't know. Like it's it's tough because compared to control, you know, I wouldn't say Vancouver was dominant on Parisio. I think they both teams did well, but I think you did see Florida start to get it together, and you mm-hmm. you could see them right. winning that map. Um, now, obviously, again, you know, to Vancouver's credit, they did have the defense. It, you know, even if Checkmate got that contest, it doesn't look like it would have mattered. Um, but neither team even managed to get that first checkpoint, right? They both got it, yeah. you know, maybe 70, 75% of the way there, um, 80 at best kind of thing. And, but ultimately, I think Florida looked a little more coordinated and like, like the tides sure. were kind of shifting at that point. And yeah. obviously, that took us into Circuit Royale. Yeah, Circuit Royale is. Uh, I, I remember talking about how it's a weird map. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something about Overwatch Two, and and I think the three I mentioned were Circuit Royale, Dorado, and Junker Town. Yes. Always being <laughs> funky, and things always go. Uh, things things are weird <laughs> in those maps, and, and Titans. I'd say not not a very great uh team on circuit royale maybe it's the sigma pick that players normally run i feel like most of the games that they've had on, on circuit royale uh they lost it, yeah. it's just a thing yeah. uh, i don't know it's it's not not their not their uh, uh favorite for sure yeah and time is running out for them they were on attack and they constantly seem to be not just fighting the enemy uh but also the clock mm-hmm. And Checkmate, who had that, you know, blunder uh, in the previous map, really redeems himself here. He yeah. was pretty good on the Tracer. And, you know, Sojourn Aspire uses his, um, you know, carry trick. And, <laughs> and they kind of get first. But it doesn't really matter because, mm-hmm. you know, the time is already very short. And, and someone on... Well, this is was this was the first... Uh, evident gap, I think, in in the tank department when where someone is really good on the sig mm-hmm. and falls is, I think, a nice thing with, to say is not as great as as someone <laughs> was, right? Yeah, um, you know, I, I do think that the the comparison, you know, obviously, uh, someone I think did have the leg up on false, um, 
overall, I mean, in this match in general and, and in the next one, I think false has come a long way. Um, sure. you know, I, I think he, he really struggled towards the start of the season. Um, and <laughs> I think he, <laughs> who didn't on the Titans, well, right? <laughs> that's absolutely true. Um, as he, as he came into, or as we moved into the sort of later half of the season, maybe this past, uh, past quarter kind mm-hmm. of thing, I think he really did, uh, really did step up. And, you know, obviously I think a lot of the credit for that has to go to the coaching and, you know, the overall team improvement because they, they, you know, compared to start of the season, it's a different team right now. Hey, for sure. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're, I did look at the numbers. I, I was planning to, you know, bring it up at the end, but Titans, they finished, I think, since Dipe came a five and nine. Uh, and, you know, you have to account to the, 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 the fact that when a new coach, a new system uh, is introduced, uh, it takes a while to, to get, you know, acclimated both for the coach and the players. But we definitely saw a very rapid improvement, maybe not wins from the get-go because you know scheduling and a lot of teams are still even if you optimize the Vancouver Titans they're not they don't have like the best roster out there I think it's you know it's it's, we won't get a lot of arguments on that on that uh uh, and and they did show a lot of improvements and and back to false yeah some picks are better than others for him um that's why we saw you know mirror stepping in to to carry that load for for the different metas but uh yeah on, on this map for sure going up against uh, one of the better sigmas in the league was a little tough and i think it's the same thing on on defense uh they, they had a pretty decent defense on their own and they did uh chunk they, they did cut a big chunk out of the time bank from florida and, and king on the hanzo had a nice 4k there i believe at the start uh mayhem did get the first checkpoint on overtime. And then there was another weird, uh, uh, let's say, not being on the point moment for the Titans. Uh, again, I'm not sure if if this one qualifies as a... As a, a, a yeah, there's it's not just black and white mm-hmm. in, in the world of C9s. I'm sure in Overwatch 2, we saw many examples where people were just... They had control of the, of the point mm-hmm. and they choose to <laughs> just give it up. And that's a... That's 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 a nice C9. But this one, yeah. Titans, I don't think even if they didn't make it to the point, uh time bank for Florida was looking a little bit better. Circuit Royale finishes and it's a two one. It doesn't look that bad for Vancouver. And um Coliseo, the, the map that we were going into next. While not being a funky weird map, <laughs> I'd say it's it's not a great map for Vancouver either. I don't know what it is about it, but let's say if I think if it was like New Queen Street, yeah, it might have been over then and uh, then and there. Like something about this map, yeah, just doesn't click for them. Yeah, we've. Uh, sorry, I was just gonna say we've we've yeah, definitely seen Vancouver perform. I would say well on on New Queen Street. I mean, if I recall, they even uh, they mm-hmm. played it against Toronto and they did extremely well. Um, you know, the only reason I point that out is because it's supposed to be the you know Toronto's supposed to get home <laughs> home team buff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I guess they have they had they had the double home thing, right? Because they played at home, yes. from Toronto and exactly, yeah. exactly. But yeah, for some reason they seem to struggle with Coliseo <laughs> a, a bit more. Um, 
And this match, I mean, or, or this round started off pretty well all Florida. You know, they, they took an early lead, yeah. but Vancouver was able to equalize it. Um, right. You know, I've got it up here. and Even take a little bit of a lead on, of their own, which yeah. rarely happens. In, in the, and it was, and it was after, uh, I mean, Florida had just about gotten that first checkpoint, but they were, you know, meters away from it, less than two meters away from it. And, uh, and that's when Vancouver was able to flip it and take it all the way back. And they did get that checkpoint. So, right. You know, overall, kind of disappointing how things turned out on this one. Yeah, again, someone was playing really well. He had this sort of belief and 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 drive in him, mm-hmm. especially on the Winston. I believe yep. he really uh, carried the load plenty. One thing that stuck out to me that that was weird. Um, I saw towards the end. I don't know how early it began. But we saw Aspire on the Sombra and King on the Tracer. Shouldn't this mm-hmm. be flipped? I mean, King did play a lot of Tracer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Weird map. It, it, it was a little bit weird. And, and I mean, you know, to Vancouver's side of things, I mean, yeah, you got to kind of <laughs> assume maybe they are playing, you know, hey, guys, you know, you want to do something a little crazy? You want to... You want to switch things up a little bit? Go for it. I mean, I think King wanted to play the Tracer, and maybe Aspire just wanted to try and make an impact, you know, in a way other than Sojourn yeah. kind of thing. And then this map, you know, is over. It's a 2-2. And if you had a graph with, with you know, two, two plot lines, one for Florida's uh, confidence during this match and one for Vancouver's, uh, confidence during this match there'd be you know a complete opposites with with florida going up and vancouver crashing and burning because when we went to Li jang tower oh I, I did not even have you know it in me to 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 write out proper notes watching this uh mirror did come in to try and counter someone on you know the doomfist normally is a is a good uh, uh counter pick for the uh winston but it didn't really work well, it didn't work at all. It was like a, a, a zero to a hundred. And, and what's the best way to follow that type of performance? You kind of <laughs> crash and burn again. Um, but th- this time it was against the Orissa May. Uh, and, and I guess Vancouver are now introduced officially just before the, the, the season has ended. Uh, into the exclusive club of being uh, reverse swept because I don't think they it, it ever happened to them. They did come to a map five plenty of times, yeah. But I don't recall them being up to oh and then being reverse swept. Is that no? Right? I, I think you're right. Um, you know, I think most often it was a back and forth kind of thing, or uh, yeah, or Vancouver being the one trying to claw their way up to the win, right? Um, sure. Because, you know, two two matches come to mind. No, three matches come to mind for me, at least. Uh, one when they played Toronto, and Toronto won it out 3-2. And uh, very start of the season when they played Boston, and yeah. Boston won it out 3-2. And Florida plenty of times. And it never yeah. was like a clear 2-0, at least for Vancouver. Exactly, yeah. This, That's for sure. This, this entire match was, you know, I mean, like you say about the confidence <laughs> thing, it was... A tale of two Vancouver's and, you know, a tale of two uh, controls, right? Vancouver's And starts, two Floridas. Yeah, good point. And two Floridas as well. You know, Vancouver starts off really well. Florida doesn't. Then those flip. And, you know, Vancouver starts off dominating control and then completely flips. And this uh, this Li Zhang Tower was, was all Florida. Yeah, unfortunate. But 
I guess it's good for Florida because they still, you know, these these uh, uh, points still matter to them. Mm-hmm. Um, then Vancouver goes off and they have another match and and against uh, you know what many consider well not not even a, a point of consideration. It's the team <laughs> with the worst record in the league, just one one victory, and that last. You know they have another opportunity to get a dub, and and I'd say even that's the last opportunity for these particular players to get a win, because uh, the mm-hmm. la the, the win that they did have, I think it was still with Glister and the other players that were on the team at the time, <laughs> um, and and Paris unfortunately they remind me a lot of you know those Shredlock Roof Fire Vancouver Titans <laughs> team that not at their to default they it's not their fault no, but. I know. They are severely outmatched in most, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, matchups. But yeah. still, those are Overwatch League players, and they're pretty darn good. And and uh, given the proper chance, even like I mentioned, even Shredlock Roof Fire Vancouver, you know, mm-hmm. they they got that dub against uh, uh, Boston Uprising, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. And there's always a risk, and and it did seem like it's you know. It was actually a game that went the distance. It was a five-map uh, affair, like I mentioned at, at the start. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a, it's something that we even expected predicting this map. No. Uh, Vancouver, <laughs> you know, it's the last match. You want to go out with a bang. Uh, um, yeah, let's just get to it. Or if you, you got any like comments before we go into the... Um, maps in particular? No, I mean, I, I think you, you summed it up pretty well. I mean, I, I, I predicted it was going to be 3-0 for Vancouver. I was confident that, you know, even Vancouver could could 3-0 Paris. Um, and that's not the way it turned out. They did so. in the past as well, yeah, right? Yeah, they had before. But, uh, you know, maybe it's Paris looking better. Maybe it's Vancouver, maybe. you know. I mean, both teams, you got to imagine, just playing for fun at this point, right? They, you know, they treat this uh, thing like it, it was a game or something, right? Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> so, as usual, we start off with King of the Hill. Oasis is the one mm-hmm. uh, first. And, and Titans did look like, you know, that 3-0 yeah. potential was there. They went back to their comfort picks. Aspire on the Sojourn, uh, False on the Zarya, Aztec, who, who, who got back finally on the Zen. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's been a while since since we saw him uh, play that character, and they just stomped the Eternal. It was like a ninety nine to zero. Yeah, uh, there was like an attempt from Dove. He got like the nice four K with the overclock on the Sojourn, but Titans quickly get the map back, the control, and they just win Gardens. Mm-hmm. And uh, going into center, I already mentioned Aztec, but man, his Zen is nasty on this map. They didn't show his POV a lot, but if you looked at the kill feed, every other kill there wasn't just by Aztec delivering the final ball, but they were all, it seemed to be, uh, um, headshots. It was kind of scary, and nothing is scarier than a Zen, a bloodthirsty Zen. They <laughs> they even nattered him at a couple of uh, opportunities during this matchup. I'm, I'm, watching, I'm uh, watching it right now, and literally the kill feed... Every kill that isn't his own, he's an assist on it because of the Discord order. Oh yeah, right? the Discord. It's just, it's just crazy. He he was definitely slaying on this yeah. on this control map. Zen is just such a good character. I'm always happy when when you, we get a Zen yeah. in, in 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 pro play. 
And uh, yeah, center was rough for Paris. Uh, they just spawned camped the, the hell out of them yeah. in, in that point. And it's a 1-0 uh, for Vancouver, but we saw this happen before. It's it's nothing uh, to be <laughs> proud about. And then going into this time, one of the weird maps, in my opinion, Dorado. Um, it's King's Row first. Oh, King's Row. Sorry. Yeah, I, I skipped that one. <laughs> uh, King's Row, Vancouver begins on attack. And this just looked bad. Nothing, <laughs> nothing working. Alts don't get ticks. Yeah. Uh, no picks. It reminded me a lot of 2CP. Bear with <laughs> yeah. me here with the analogy. But the first point get was Oasis. And you get like five minutes on the clock. And then you're just coasting and you can't get anything done mm-hmm. to get point B. And, and point B at this point was King's Row. And it looked awful. So messy nothing yeah. really going on for them this was this was a weird one like i mean false was just throwing his graviton surge whenever he wanted it seemed like <laughs> trying to you know 1v1 either crawley or whoever malthal a couple times um yeah it was like i'm again i i always put these matches up when we talk about the recaps and i just watched it happen for like the second time false just chucks it out just to 1v1 cry and he's the <laughs> one that dies um and it was ouch i I don't know it was you hate to see it. yeah really that's that's what i'm i'm saying while i watch this i think and and let's let's put the game of 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 puns back on the menu (laughs) i think uh titans entered the map too cocky Uh uh-huh would you agree (laughs) (laughs) it um who else could i work in there yes it's as if they let the the dove of winning out of the cage and it flew away. Yeah, and, and remember, uh, it, you don't want to be the chicken when you're play, playing the Eternal because they are the ones ah, with, the, I with the logo. That's, that's I see where, where you're going for there. One, uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, that, you know, our, our puns were much more uh, competitive right now than, than what Vancouver did on, on King's Row, that's for sure. And and it's OT, and they got like two ticks, I believe, and they did get yeah. some picks, uh, but Paris returned quicker uh, to this, to spawn. And even though Vancouver usually as an attacker has the spawn edge, nothing worked. Yeah. And who you know who didn't blunder uh, their attack on King's Row? Well, Paris <laughs> didn't. They wasted no time at all, actually. Molfol, he gets the early pick with the Genji dive and they win. And it's 1-1 and a terrible map for Vancouver. You, you might say they got the wub if you had a <laughs> yeah, lisp for, or something. For, yeah, that's a good one. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on to Dorado, this time for real. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver begins on, on defense and, and you'd think... That they mm-hmm. would step up their game, and they did actually. You know what? I I'll give them the credit at the start. Yeah, you have the actually the matchup here was pretty interesting to begin the map. Tracer Echo versus Genji Ash. Uh, Titans did play a little bit more, you know, disciplined type of approach, mm-hmm. tighter on the defense. They wasted plenty of time uh, before Paris were able to get first mm-hmm. uh the blade did get them uh the first uh but then we saw some nice plays from false uh and king he had a very nice tracer uh duplicate on the echo where he got some nice quick uh sticky bombs working at, and and paris were stopped under the bridge like a normal hold mm-hmm. you know you 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 stop before second and and you're happy 
What happened on attack, though? Not a lot. Titans <laughs> ran out of gas. Yeah, I think outside of some, you know, picks from Aztec. Yeah. The, Just full hold again. There, like the second time in a row. What's going on? There wasn't much to talk about here. Um, I don't know if it was Paris coming out on the horse. Um, you know, Krawi came out on mm. on the Orisa. Um, and beyond that, I mean, Dove was on Widow for a while there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Malthal on, on Tracer to kind of mirror Aspire's Tracer. Ultimately, I mean, I, I don't look at anything with that comp and say, you know, that's going to be... Uh, significantly better than than you know false on diva um i think dorado you've obviously got lots of sight lots of lots of lanes and lots of paths and doorways so uh diva is nice to be able to navigate that kind of quickly and everything um yeah and without orisa's shield i mean i again i just don't see any benefit <coughs> to having the horse here but boy did it uh did it shut down vancouver yeah, something just didn't click for them here. Um, maybe they had, you know, server issues uh, on Overwatch too. Who knows? Like it happened a lot to a lot of people. I heard. Good point. Uh, including myself. Maybe they placed in uh, bronze three as well. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like l- judging them from these two maps on Dorado and King's Row, I don't know. Maybe silver four at most. Uh, silver four, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to find out mine. Just to find out if I'm placed higher than the Vancouver Titans. You'll probably play harder than me, and, and you can, you know, always gloat about that. <laughs> it, it, it's the aim assist on controller, right? We'll blame it on that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And just you know, you know, it's like an aimbot all the time. That's right, right? that's right. And you know what? Honestly, to uh, to bring it back to this, to Paris's credit, they win this round. Um, and you know, just just like I was praising the other week, uh, when when Vancouver wins a round, you know. Lately, especially with these these kind of matches that, you know, are mostly just for fun and confidence and end the season on a high note kind of thing. Um, yeah. I was talking about Depay and seeing Baroy come out and, you know, talking to the guys mm-hmm. and everyone looking real happy. And after uh, Paris wins this round, you do see uh, they look they look like they're in really good spirits having having just won this round and everything. And obviously they're going on to match point. So, you know, they have every right to be <clears throat> excited and and happy with their performance thus far. So. Yeah, for sure. It's 2-1 for them and and you know, they're playing with house money and mm-hmm. they want to get that dub really really badly. Uh finish off on a high note, but um New Queen Street is the next map and New Queen Street is not Colosseo uh luckily for for Vancouver. <coughs> and and Aspire is mad and Aspire is on sojourn and if you're facing him in the lobby, it's bad news. <laughs> um the map was competitive, I'd say. It's not like Titans just, you know, dominated uh, the competition. But they did hold the lead throughout the map, and which is exactly what you want to do in, in, in um, you know, in push. Uh, false also on Desaria. I didn't like for Paris. I didn't like their comp. Like, you have a D.Va and Genji uh, doing your, your dives. Sure, D.Va and Genji are way more mobile, but what can you do against the Chargers Aria? Not much. Yeah. You can't, you know, reflect. You can't eat the beam. And False was having a field day mm. at the buffet eating the, the French chicken. <laughs> and uh, and plus, you have Zenyatta DPS uh, in Aztec. Um, and Vancouver, you know, they, they take the map back. Um, 2-2. Yeah. What was your thought on after this map? Was it like 
Were you nervous? I was a little still. Um, I was, you know, honestly, again, very similar to kind of what happened with Florida on, on Coliseo, right? We do see Vancouver bring it back. So in this round, you know, Vancouver started off really well. They took a decent lead at the start, but then we saw Paris kind of fight back and, mm-hmm. and actually catch up to them. But then we see Vancouver right. take control again and they start to get a lead and then the lead just kind of spirals from there. And, and I think they do take it, you know, it's like in the nineties, like 90 meters or so, um, to something like 60. Um, and, and that Florida match was, was very similar except the opposite, right? Florida takes the lead. Vancouver pushes back. Vancouver takes the lead and then Florida takes it and just continues pushing it that much farther. Um, it, it was very kind of similar, which isn't something that we've seen a lot with push, right? With push, I think traditionally we've seen that, you know, the team that gets the early lead usually is the one that is able to be dominant and just, you know, squash the other team. So almost kind of nice to see a little bit more of a back and forth in, in both of these matches. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, false on the Zarya just outplays the, the diva, uh, Krawi on the, on the diva in this round. Um, mm-hmm. In in my mind, Zarya in a lot of ways is kind of an indication of overall good team play, but it can also be an indication of a poor opponent, right? Because you know mm-hmm. Zarya is all about managing that um, the the incoming fire. Uh, you know, you see a right. Zarya with a bubble, don't shoot <clears throat> it, right? <laughs> don't know. Don't feed the, the Zarya. Ex- that's true. Exactly. That's true. But, but, you know, like you say, False was just running amok, uh, against Paris here because he was bubbled and they were shooting it. So he's able to just build that higher energy and maintain it and then just burn them down. So, yeah, them, them bubbles were thick. Yep. Yep. For thick sure. And, and, uh, for in New Queen Street. Yep. On to King of the Hill again. Uh, we're looking at Nepal this time, mm-hmm. starting with Sanctum. We saw a pretty interesting occurrence. I would call it the Battle of Orisses. Uh, two Orisses on both ends. Yeah. Uh, I maybe it's the you know the the environmental potential there on on the point with yeah with the javelin. Now Orissa has her javelin spin. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good character to control. I, I I like this meta so far. Like uh, seeing the many uh, different picks, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. And and this was a hard fought battle. Um, I think the difference in Nepal was just you know King Genji and Sojourn uh, for Spire is just more firepower than what Paris had and. Yeah eventually that what set the tone in this map even when uh, uh paris did get control towards the end at the beginning it didn't really matter mm-hmm. they just had the hero picks the carry uh potential of just you know doing what they wanted and 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 when aspire needed to get a kill he got a kill when when king needed to dive and and do some work he did yeah and i feel like that what set vancouver apart uh in sanctum as they should be because, you know, Vancouver is by no means a world beater, but they are better on paper uh, uh, than Paris. And there's not a lot of teams that, that qualify uh, that definition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I mean, we saw Wub come in on, on Paris's side and he mostly <laughs> played the Hanzo, which I think is is probably the big, the biggest blunder on, on their part, right? Um, you know, Rack, rack Attack on lucio not not such a great name it really is it just (laughs) it's got such a good ring to it but 
you know, not, not a, not a bad pick having the Lucio. Um, I think Aztec actually did switch over to Lucio off of Zen at one point. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, ultimately I think just mostly like if I had to pinpoint one thing, Wub on the Hanzo, <clears throat> like I understand you've got kind of basically three lanes you got to watch as Hanzo. So it's a lot more simple than a lot of maps. You're watching that, you know, side pass, you're watching the center point and then you're watching to your left or right, depending on which side you're on. Um, but I, I just think, you know, ultimate wise, it doesn't compare to, uh, the overclock on Sojourn. And especially when you've got someone like Aspire who we know can rock the Sojourn, uh, to a high degree. Um, I, I just think, uh, Paris, Paris wasn't able to make it happen with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and if, you know, if you saw stats lab, uh, even to the highest degree on, on many, uh, uh, stats, he's just, you know, He's just good at with that hero, and you, you can't do much about it. You, you um, might say that Aspire, in in some people's eyes, could be could be a roll star. Oh, well, let's uh, let's just keep it to that. Yeah, maybe maybe there's something we're alluding to. Uh, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's one zero in Sanctum. We on to village and. The Aspire is Sojourn Fire for sure. He's just keeping on that, you know, pressure on 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 Village. And you know, Paris didn't go down and and just fold it over without a fight like Vancouver did uh, in their match against the Florida at the yeah. end there. So at least that was commendable, and they they did fight and and got some control on the point, mm-hmm. but eventually. It's the end of, of the season for Vancouver. And at least they get that dub, the 3-2 GG for Vancouver. Is it the end of the Can you say... Uh, well, well, we'll get back to uh, uh, um, summarizing that. But this game, at least, um, avoiding the, the embarrassing loss, which could have been a thing. And you don't want to finish your season on a sour note of, of two uh, game five losses as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy for Vancouver and we'll uh, go back to, to summarizing their season in a bit. Uh, before that, there are some games left for our other Canadian team. The Toronto Defiant are going to play on Friday against the same Florida Mayhem that we discussed here. That's an interesting matchup to me. Mm-hmm. Um, these two teams are around the same area in our standings. And, and what are your expectations from that matchup? Unfortunately, given, given what we, the extenuating circumstances that we know for the Toronto Defiant, I am right. not incredibly hopeful for Toronto to end out their season on a couple of wins granted they will make plans at least uh and so they do mm-hmm. stand a chance to go further um i think in terms of the regular season uh might end on a sour note right and you know what chris is not here so we don't really have to follow all the rules let's just <laughs> you already alluded to that there there came some uh not great news from the defiant front uh covid it's still here it's still a thing it's not gone they've reported i believe four people from the organization uh who who got infected with covid we don't really know uh how many of them are staff and how many of them are players but i i think it's uh 
it's fair to say that, you know, since it's public knowledge, he did post it on social media that he did get uh, the positive uh, COVID uh, result. And, you know, at least one player, a key player for uh, Toronto is affected in some way. And I don't think, you know, if, well, we, we, we know that it's not the entire team, so he won't be able to sit next to uh, uh, his teammates. And that's already not optimal. And who knows if he's, you know, showing any symptoms or that. And that brings us back to that prediction versus Florida. What, yeah, and, and another thing that, let's just mention their other matchup is against uh, uh, Houston Outlaws on, on Sunday. So both matchups are not not very easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's why I say not looking so good for the Toronto Defiant. Um, right. <laughs> I think they they stood a chance in one match and, you know, at full strength, they could put up a fight and potentially squeak out a win over the Houston Outlaws. But uh, like you say, given given their state, I am concerned for both matches. Yeah. And, and looking at the current uh, standings, not the regular seasons, but just off the stage with the Countdown Cup cl- uh, qualifiers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Toronto right now are one and three. So not an amazing stage for them. And uh, uh, while Florida mm-hmm. is also the only win that did they did get was against Vancouver, uh, Houston, on the other hand, is, is a bit more of a commendable foe with the 3-1 so far. So... Uh, with that out of the way, did you alter your pickums or or with the recent news? Uh, so I actually I hadn't made my pickums until until tonight. Mm. So I had already heard the news. Um, so yeah. I am going for a three two for the Florida Mayhem over the Toronto Defiant and a three one for the Houston Outlaws. Mm. Again, like I say, at full strength, uh, <clears throat> I would have picked Toronto over Florida, um, and yep. I would have considered it for Houston. Um, you know, it could be a last minute pick depending on how they, how well they did against Florida. Um, right. But, you know, given it's likely that, you know, Hisu will be playing from a bedroom or some quarantine station rather than with, you know, directly next to the team and things like that. And, you know, who knows who else on the staff is, is, uh, is down with the sickness. Um, so it's just, just tough, just terrible timing, really. Um, yeah, I think so. I think looking at the teams, well, looking at Toronto in full strength, I predicted them to beat Florida 3-2 yep. and then lose to Outlaws 3-2. So I might just uh, change some things up. I'm definitely uh, changing Outlaws Defiant to 3-1. But on that Mayhem uh, matchup, I'm not really sure if I want to change it still. No, I think you might still be with Toronto. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Florida. I I actually <sighs> hadn't looked at the standings until you said that just now, and yeah, I'm, they their stage has been like kind of brutal. I, I know it, and has, they could have lost to Vancouver as well. I was I was gonna say I I know I had <laughs> spoken you know in the past um about the rest of their season and kind of said that I I was right. hopeful that Toronto would be able to get at least three three, um if not four two uh in terms of the Countdown Cup qualifiers. But like sure. right now, like you say, they're sitting one and three, and it's not looking pretty. So, yeah, Vancouver is actually above them I know. right now, two and four. <laughs> and yeah, it's tough. Yeah, well, you know, while Florida didn't look great, 
Van- uh, Toronto didn't look great mm-hmm. either. Um, Mayhem do play Houston as well on this uh, weekend. It's a tough, tough little prediction. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it still at 3-2. All right. Well, if Chris was here, he'd be like, oh, yeah, they'll win 3-0 both matches. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not. So I, I guess uh, uh, it's doom and gloom for the Defiant uh, from both of us. And I'll try to uh, uh, balance it out with uh, sticking with my 3-2 prediction over the Mayhem. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... Yeah, with with that defiant uh, prediction and the news about COVID, I guess it's time to kind of summarize the Titans season. Um, What would you say about the season in total? Is it a big, big failure? Uh, What do Vancouver, what do they take from this? uh, uh, What do they take from this? I mean, I think they take a... uh, Good coaching staff. Um, they take Aspire, right? <laughs> going for it. Well, I mean, uh, that's tough. It's it's tough because I think, you know, we saw a, a, someone who most people would have counted as Vancouver's best player in Shockwave uh, get traded out right. with the, the new coaching staff, right. uh, you know, shortly after Depay came in. And we see, we saw him bring in a, a great piece in King, um, who's worked out well for Vancouver. Um, I think mm-hmm. Aspire and King both, uh, I think can find a place in the league still. Um, <clears throat> especially, you know, hearing, hearing, uh, some of the praise for Aspire. Um, especially I think he's, he's impressed season long. And I mean, you know, there's no denying his stats on sojourn and things like that. If you, if you just bother to look. And he's no slouch on other, uh, no, no, for sure. He, he does. Yeah. Well. We always bring up the sojourn because people need to understand that he's on the same level as, as someone like a, a proper or a capster on that particular hero. Yeah. yeah. But, but he also <clears throat> has a, a wider hero pool than that as well. For sure. Um, and, and you know, the, the reason I'm hesitant to say he even stays with Vancouver is because I think surrounded by a better team, he could do really great things. You know, he could be a part of a roster that goes far. Um, that could aspire to do better. Yeah, right? exactly. But, but that said, you know, maybe Depay builds around him. Uh, maybe he likes what he has in King and Aspire working together. Um, outside of that, I wouldn't hesitate to say nobody else stays around. Um, the coaching staff is yeah. the one thing I'm confident in because they came in, you know, mm-hmm. in the later half of the season. Uh, so I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, and I think it's it's going to be a bit of a reset button where they have the opportunity to build the team they want. And we know that both Depe and Baroy are going to attract talent as well. For sure. Not only that, but people are pretty aware of the fact that Vancouver is not one of those teams that does not want to improve Mm -hmm. or spend any money to get players. Even when things were really dire, they went out and then tried to fix things. And, and Depay was probably the hottest name, uh, the hottest coach outside that was not still signed. And, and Baroy is someone that like people know around the league who has a great experience and, and background. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and from that article, uh, from, from Yiska, Vancouver, unfortunately, regardless of results, they're not on even the middle, uh, they're somewhere between the middle and, and, and the higher tier of, of spending. And it seems like 
with the proper direction mm -hmm. is what they lack to begin the season. Mm -hmm. uh, the proper signings, there might be a, 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 an opportunity there for for this team. And and with you know how how visas affected the league going forward and how uh, different turmoils appeared, there's not a lot of space for good. Western talent, maybe that's what Vancouver is going for. They they certainly seem like that was the direction going forward. Um, maybe there's opportunity there outside of Aztec, of course, and Mirror. Mirror, that's another interesting one. So sorry, did you say there's not a lot of space? Dipe, <laughs> Dipe played with space. Mm, could we see? Yeah, could the man, we? The maybe the diva extraordinaire, space coming to Vancouver. Potentially well, to end out his career because, you know, he was benched yeah, most of this season. Yeah. But just a thought. So somewhat somewhat like a, like a Masa yeah, yeah. Uh, year. Yeah. Granted, I think that, you know, I think space uh, has more in him than, than maybe Masa. But it, yeah. you know, I, I, support is, is also, I think, the the most, most backlined role, if you will, in a literal sense and a figurative sense. But... Uh, Anyways, mm -hmm. yeah. To, to to really summarize, I agree with you on on the point that Vancouver they had a, a, a abysmal start to the season. What they were like zero and fourteen or something like that, or zero and twelve. I don't know. It was around Probably, there for no. sure. Yeah, and they finish off, I think, on a five and nineteen. That's right. So, uh, uh, like a five and nine, I think, uh, between. That's what you said earlier, yeah. Um, the half of the league, I'm not really sure. I, I counted really quickly. I'll, I'll double fair. check it later. But they did not look as the worst team in the league no. anymore, and they were competitive. Even against you know the the the, the upper echelon teams, sometimes they fought hard and, and uh, came to compete, and that's commendable. Uh, we saw <coughs> plenty of more uh, smiles from the face cam, and this was always a pleasure to see after, mm -hmm. you know, being at the bottom. Uh, so uh, Dipe did seem to instill uh, uh, a new page, at least, at the very least, on this uh, franchise. And uh, I'd, I'd say it's all in all, uh, you know, not a great season or not even a good season if you just look <laughs> at the numbers. But there was a good story there at the end where, where Vancouver came back and then got some dubs because uh yeah you don't want to see another season like uh the past couple the one and a half or two <laughs> two yeah actually two even two and a half if you consider this uh half season as well mm -hmm. that was just like not even competitive and that's what you don't want to be in a competitive league yeah and we'll talk a little bit more about Toronto next uh, uh, week, of course. Their season is not not going to be... Regular season is going to end uh, next week, but they still have, you know, lots of things to, to prepare for with, with, with the uh, end of year's uh, playoff. But even the Titans are still not done. Well, officially they are. But we did see a, an announcement of a Canada Overwatch Fest hosted... Together by the Titans and Defiant, which I believe is actually a first mm -hmm. thing to to happen, and it, it's really cool to see something like that happen. Like, I mean, finally, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. This is this is the kind of thing that I feel like fans of 
one organization or both have have clamored for in a lot of ways. Um, you know, this is this is the kind of thing that when I saw this, I thought, you know, we're we're used to seeing maybe a Dallas and Houston do this kind of thing, or a Florida and I mean, I don't even know they they run community stuff relatively often, um, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so I was I was pretty surprised to see this, but yeah, absolutely, I think this is great, um, and especially you know. Obviously, it's a little different with Vancouver and Toronto just because, you know, geographically, they are so incredibly far apart. Um, but it's it's just awesome to see them putting in this effort uh, and, and both teams sort of buying into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I will talk a little bit more about, you know, this event as we get closer. Cause I don't want to really go dive deep into the, the event itself because... We still want to keep some material uh, <laughs> for later weeks discussing a little bit about the, the, the Vancouver Titans. But there's some uh, interesting things cooking there. I see something on Tuesday, the 25th, Defiant and Titans player swap yes. match. That sounds kind of funky and cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, also, like considering that, you know, the Defiant still have the, the playoffs to, to uh, prepare for. I'm <laughs> not really sure how, how that works with scheduling, but I surely hope that all of this still still happens and and hopefully this still continues uh into the off season right we we have overwatch 2 available to all mm-hmm. uh, lots of eyes are looking at uh at the the game right now and and you know once this season is done you still got to keep activating the fan bases and i'm looking forward to seeing more from that yeah absolutely and yeah that's that's it for the Canadian side of the Overwatch League. Let's just head into the fray and talk about the rest of them. had a bunch of games occurring in the last week uh let's just go through them we started actually with the east region on the friday october 7th with the dynasty and spark oh my goodness <laughs> my my pickums for for the east region weren't nice yeah. and then this particular day especially yep. spark beat out the dynasty 3-2 and then uh Guangzhou beats the Valiant 3-1. And then we proceed to the Western Region games on the Friday. The Outlaws 3-0 Paris Eternal. At least I think most people got that one right. And then we had the Justice beat the Uprising 3-2. The Mayhem beating the Titans 3-2. And going on to the Saturday... Guangzhou keeping their winning uh, <laughs> going and beat the Spark this time three uh, zero, huh? Interesting. Then we have Shanghai Dragons who are back to their winning ways, beating the Valiant three zero. Chengdu succumbing to the Philadelphia Fusion three one. And going to the Western Region, we're hopping between <laughs> on the planet pretty quickly here. The Rain beating the Mayhem 3-2, then Gladiators beating the Justice 3-1, uh, Battle of Texas, 
when actually the outlaws way for the first time in a while now no uh i don't recall but i know houston won the last time they played live as well oh they did okay so i'm i'm just talking nonsense there (laughs) near they they keep their dominance over the state of texas dallas yeah they 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 dropped this one three one to houston and going to Sunday, we had Shanghai Dragons, another 3-0 over the Hunters this time. And finally, Dynasty going back to winning 3-2, a closely contested match against the Philadelphia Fusion. Finally, on the Sunday, we did speak about the Titans beating Eternal 3-2, a close match. And then Fuel beating the Rain 3-1. And finally, Boston losing to the Los Angeles Gladiators. It's on, uh, some some for some reason I said gladiators. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know why. So the week that's gonna come, we don't have uh, any more Eastern games. Uh, they're done. All of them are done. They're just you know sitting on their laurels, waiting waiting uh, uh, for for the for the plans to at least start. But the Western region is not done yet. Um, on the Friday, we have NYXL playing against the London Spitfire. It's also a token match. Then we have the Shock against Eternal. Defiant are going to play the Mayhem like we discussed before. On the Saturday, a London Spitfire against the San Francisco Shock. Boston versus New York uh, with this uh, very nice New England matchup. <laughs> Is New York part of New England? I guess so, right? Sure. Mm, close enough. <laughs> Houston going to play against Florida. Florida just keeps on playing matches all the time. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, then Paris against Boston. And finally, it's actually the late last match in the regular season. Kind of sad thinking about yeah. it. Uh, also a token match. The Define are going to play against the Houston Outlaws. Off, outside of the games that Toronto play, anything stick out to you as an interesting matchup? I mean, not really. <laughs> like yeah boston I guess, new york maybe because i mean yeah they are, you know uh what, what are the standings look like right now uh paris new york vancouver and then boston so you know new york stands to pass vancouver in the standings to close out their mm. season if they win um and boston obviously stands to gain further ground on on florida right. in the ninth position with boston in the 10th position um mm. And Boston looking like they could come out of this weekend with two wins, honestly. So, yeah, yeah. feasible. Yeah. I'd say the one that interests me is London versus Shock. Those are mm. always interesting. Maybe we'll see some push-ups. I, I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it's an interesting matchup. We'll get to see Hadi a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing great, but you yeah, take what you, you can get. Last week of the Overwatch League regular season, so right. make sure to to catch it. Um, Pickums, how'd you do last week? I, I already alluded to the fact that I didn't do great. I saw that you did pretty well. I got twelve in the East. Um, the mm-hmm. Shanghai Dragons screwed me because I bet against them. After I, I'm, I've learned that I flip too late. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I <laughs> stick with them through the bad. And then I finally come around to the fact that they can't win. And then I bet against them and they start winning. So, so you buy high, sell low, basically. Yeah, exactly. So Shanghai screwed me. I lost points on both their matches. And then that first sole loss to Hangzhou, like, I don't think anyone Ugh. predicted that 
uh, result, yeah. right? That, that one screwed me as well. Um, so I got 12 points overall in the East and then in the West, I got 14 points with, of course, mm. uh, the, uh, Dallas Houston match losing me points, the Florida versus Vancouver match, of course. And I put my yeah. money on Boston to win against the Washington. Um, unfortunately, hmm. it was a three, two <clears throat> in the wrong direction. So. Yeah. Um, kind of similar, but not also different. <laughs> I got 10 points off the Eastern region. Similarly to yours, I, I bet on, you know, Seoul and I bet on the Dragons. Uh, oh, no, actually, I bet on the Chengdu Hunters to beat the Dragons there. Ah. I uh, didn't do too well. But on the Western region, I got 15 points. Nice. Vancouver, I, I trusted in you. I wanted you to get the dub. I, I, I just, you know, picked with my heart and with my uh, brain. It happens. I bet on the fuel as well. And I bet, like you, on the Justice... Oh, sorry, on the Boston Uprising to oh, beat the okay. Justice. Outside of that, I did pretty pretty well. Everything yeah. else is in the green. Yeah. And uh, since we're so close, let's... Consult the leaderboards really, really <laughs> quick. Um, wow, you're, you're second place right now in the Countdown Cup plus playoffs. So I guess okay. they're totaling that together. Uh, Kevin Liu is still in Kevin. rank one. Kevin, uh, yeah, listen Kevin to is, me. Kevin. Kevin, look at the camera. Look at it right now. Kevin, <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> uh, no, you're not. If we're looking <laughs> at the total, he has 529 points. And we're far behind. There's still KOJ with 506 in second place. I'm still grasping oh, yeah. okay. uh, the the third place on the podium with 488. But you're breathing down my neck there with uh. 476. So you're behind uh, 12 points. And that's really nothing uh, if you get some lucky, you know, double pointers there. You are, you are but a, a rung on the ladder to defeating <laughs> Kevin for me. Okay, so right. yeah, I guess when you aim at the moon, you can hit your your head on the way out <laughs> in the dorsal or something like, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Alrighty then, on to the next uh, uh, news. That was an, actually an interesting one. Yesterday, I got really excited. I'm like, oh, I have some time to play Overwatch. I got hyped. You know, the baby is asleep. I got nothing to do. I got most of my tasks done. No chores. I tried to log into Overwatch 2 and it was my darnest like it was 8 p.m. exactly when the service just shut Darn. down for an hour. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was like, be like, what's that going sometimes. on? Yeah, I went online and I saw that a bunch of uh, um, rogue heroes broke Overwatch. <laughs> Uh, it was Bastion and and Torb. Yep, they they combined kind of combined the... forces yet again, just like in as uh, lore would have the... it. Ironclad buds. Right. I saw that you could like abuse uh, uh, through bugs, through exploits, um, the armor for uh, um, for for a for Torb and and the alt for Bastion was a little bit broken as well I saw the the bastion ult i saw a few clips of that and people just using that artillery strike i think like five six seven times kind of thing rather than three shots or whatever <laughs> so just total mayhem leaking Pretty into the, the main game and they're still out of there right you can't you can't play them yet that's right last time i checked they're still not there so with 
the the big mess and and you know in apologizing to me since you know I really wanted to play Overwatch 2 and I couldn't um the Overwatch team graciously uh, decided to gift you know me and the rest of the players who can play any other time but I couldn't so <laughs> <laughs> they they g- gave us a bunch of gifts uh, a health pack charm you can actually put a little mega health pack on your weapon which is kind of yeah. cool like put it on an Ana rifle right for for a healer or on a Genji, it'll be kind of uh, on on <laughs> like on uh, point as well. Yeah. And then you also get a legendary skin, I believe, from what it looks mm-hmm. like a cursed Captain Reaper. I, I, that's probably one of the upcoming Halloween skins, yeah. right? We're, we're bound to see. He's definitely very Halloween ish. Totally. I think Reaper has like three Halloween skins already. He, uh, yeah, he has he has a few of them. Him and him and Cassidy yeah. both have a couple. So yeah. And to top it all off, a double experience weekend. So that's the first time we see this. I, I assume that we're going to see them a bunch of times when hey. Blizzard wants to see a little bit of a boost. I think they said they're going to be doing more than one in this first season to make up for the time Ooh. that people have not been able to play. <clears throat> which they should. I was going to say, I, I was considering this the other day before they had announced this that, you know, they're like, if you think about it, there are people who straight up haven't been able to log in for an entire week, which means their season is now down from nine to eight weeks. You know, what if you book time off around the launch, right? Like you just missed mm-hmm. out on a ton of time to play and a ton of experience towards that battle pass towards that mythic Genji skin. Um, I do find it interesting that they're not giving credits. They're just, you know, giving the things that could have been bought with credits but of course, if they gave credits, people could use that to buy the battle pass, which they are relying on people to spend real money for. So right. anyways, I found that a little interesting. I thought they could have thrown in, you know, maybe a thousand credits, give <laughs> give people enough to buy that battle pass and keep them playing. Yeah. But I guess not. Uh, don't worry. There's always stuff to throw money at in Overwatch 2. You could buy the battle pass and then you can buy your way through the battle pass. Absolutely. And then probably you can buy other stuff as well. So uh, yeah, if you, if you haven't, a problem with like money slaying about and and you're just sinking under under the weight of money just go into overwatch too there's plenty of stuff to to spend it on for sure yeah so on to some exciting news uh yours truly and i mean uh the 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 podcast ready set pull not (laughs) me personally we made it big we 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 actually have received an invitation to cast our votes as an official media partner into the Overwatch League Season Awards. Mm-hmm. So we were at first like, what? Are you sure that someone is not pulling a prank on us? But no, we made it into the, the big league. So uh, uh, um, we're, of course, going to vote every Vancouver Titan and, and, and Toronto Defiant player into any every possible uh, vote. But, but to be serious here... <laughs> We did cast our votes, uh, each one of us, and since we get only a single vote, we kind of uh, amalgamated uh, all of our picks together. Uh, we had a lot of overlap, of course. We can talk a little bit about the points that we did not agree on. And let's just get started in, in, in talking a little bit about our picks. I already have like a list of, of the awards. I, I We're going to start off with the least interesting one, in my opinion. The Coach of the Year Award. Um, no, it's not Deepay, unfortunately. Although, you know, if you look just at a small sample size of him being on the Vancouver Titans, he did have an, a very good net positive impact on that franchise, which I think is how you gauge 
that particular uh, um, you know award. Would you not agree? Yeah, I, I think it's you know the the turnaround that largely came after the shift with with Deepay coming in instead of uh, sure. Flubby and Pew. I think speaks volumes to the impact that the uh, coaching staff or or in this case, you know, a singular coach can make on yep. a team. And before we reveal uh, our pick, and you know, let, let's just do it because it's everybody knows. Of course, Chang a lot of people from the Hangzhou Spark. <laughs> exactly. What a great name, though, Chang Uh Someone with a way less exciting name uh, <laughs> yeah, got our vote actually. in Christopher. The most exciting thing about his name is the fact that, you know, we're lacking an O there between the T and an O, and, and the T is capitalized. But other than that, what a great story for London. Uh, one of the least, uh, 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 you know, least, how you call it, funded? Not really funded, but one of the smallest spenders in the league really exceeded all expectations and played to their strengths and were able to to punch up to, to the big guys on many occasions. That's right. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Christopher? Um, yeah, I mean, exactly like you said, Christopher was, was my pick for, for head coach. Um, like you said, you know, we, we kind of amalgamated all our answers or all our picks right. and everything, but he was for me, the one that stood out. Um, if you look at what he's done with, like you say, a budget roster, right? Um, they kept, uh, a few players from last year, I believe, and made a few signings, um, even bringing over a few of those kind of more, if you ask me, more of a uh, mentorship roles uh, in players like Poco. Um, you know, I think overall Christopher proved, and and along with his staff, because, you know, although he was the only... Oh, no, there there was actually Christopher and Commander X, assistant coach for, for London Spitfire, were, were available to vote for, but I think most people know of Christopher. So, um, but ultimately just able to do a lot with a little, uh, which... Going into the season, there was one other team that I thought we might see something similar from. Um, that is the Florida Mayhem with Gunba. Um, he has a bit of a history of doing this kind of thing. Christopher mm-hmm. obviously has been with uh, the Philadelphia Fusion in past seasons um, and saw, you know, success at times, but was never quite able to bring things across the finish line. Um, but I think, you know, seeing how much he's he's brought from those experiences to the, Lon- to the London Spitfire, a team which... I just pulled up our power rankings from the start of the season, and I will remind everybody, every single the, one of us the last. put London in last place. So they are currently sitting, I think, in fifth overall, something along those lines. Um, I, I closed the standings, but anyways. You see, predictions like this is why <laughs> we are gifted, you know, and giving a power to vote on these uh, <laughs> end-of-season awards. Right. Exactly why. I, I probably we, we shouldn't have brought that up because uh, we're going we're gonna to get our <laughs> it's votes all good. The, the votes, <laughs> The votes are already in. Right. For me, I, I voted otherwise. I voted for Krusty. Um, not that I don't think, uh, um, you know, Christopher is less deserving, and I do think he's going to win it. I voted for Krusty because he never won it, surprisingly. That's true, actually. Um, and he's been, I think, in my opinion, the most consistently great coach in the Overwatch League. And I think it's kind of sad that he didn't get a shot mm. to get it. And even this year, uh, with an entirely new squad, he he's done it with like three distinct squads right now. Well, to some to some extent, this year being the most surprising, where a lot well. 
outside of twilight everyone is is new and it's pretty commendable what he's been able to achieve and a new game as well mm-hmm. uh so i i myself i i voted for uh um crusty but you know that's uh the group decides and and that's the la the last thing we're gonna say about coach of the year i think mm-hmm. rookie of the year we voted for king obvious big well <laughs> Actually, no. We, we 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 voted for proper, and King wasn't even available <laughs> to vote for. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I don't think he had enough time exactly. on yes. on playtime. But someone who did enough, uh, did have enough playtime, and uh, is proper, and and he was hailed to be the next great thing uh, since sliced bread to to go into uh, the Overwatch mm-hmm. League, and he not only you know matched those expectations, I think he, he exceeded them, and and we mentioned. Cri- crusty uh before and no matter how great we think a coach he he is i don't think uh shang uh shanghai i don't think san francisco would have been able to do what they did this year without proper because he's been full-on carry mode imagine like a like a spire but on every character every map every round that's what he did yeah yeah guy doesn't miss um proper is (laughs) proper is a force to be reckoned with um and you know it was actually interesting because last season, um, I remember, uh, I mean, the winner for, uh, for MVP was, uh, was leave. And, and mm-hmm. I remember kind of thinking about these, these differently. Um, and this year I kind of shifted my thinking and it's just, there was, there was no other choice than proper. There's no choice really. He's the rookie of the year. There's no choice. I, I agree with that. Uh, um, I agree with that take. Yeah. Okay, now to something a bit more more spicy. Let's talk uh, about our role stars. Before we mention the names, uh, I met, I, I want to go over a little bit about uh, which teams had the most uh, uh, picks. So, uh, Gladiators had three. Which which role star are we talking? Damage. All of them. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Gladiators had three picks right. in our ballot, right? In our final ballot. Shock had two. Shanghai Dragons had two. Dallas, Seoul, London had one. And the homers that we are, we, we did still uh, uh, pick a single player uh, from Toronto and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But looking at this ballot, I think it's safe to say that the Gladiators pretty, are pretty good, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, it, interesting, interesting how the cards fell with, uh, you know, gladiators being that more well-rounded <coughs> team, I think, than someone like the San Francisco shock. Um, you know, we've talked about before with them playing a little bit more of the, uh, around the individual performers on their team and gladiators performing a little bit more as a unit. Um, I think it kind of shows in, in these selections. So uh yeah and and i think yeah they went six and oh in this stage so they're back back to it and um while their you know third stage wasn't wasn't really that great and they missed out on the on the playoffs of that stage you know sometimes you need to get that Mm -hmm. adversity sometimes you need to get the slap in the face like uh what happened to for example the shock going down to the losers bracket and uh in i think it was season two Mm -hmm. Um, you gotta have that adversity. If you don't, it'll come to you too late. So I think that uh, um, 
stage was really good for them in the long run and they look to be like a, a proper contender going in mm-hmm. to the last bits of of the season so on to the awards themselves on support we have Shu from the gladiators finn from san francisco shock Lee Jagon from Shanghai Dragons and Twilight from the Toronto Defiant. So this is our uh, Toronto Defiant uh, pick. All great picks. Um, honorable mentions, we did have Chorong a couple of times in the picks, but like Twilight is the one who came up on top. I'm not really sure. Maybe it's our bias as, as you know, <laughs> runaway fans uh, coming through or Twilight being uh, an MVP candidate before or a role star before. Turing was great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it's the bias who, who got Twilight through. The impact <laughs> of being a flex support player always outshines maybe the Lucio players for the most part. But I, well, your thoughts on our support picks? Uh, support picks overall, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with them. Um, support was probably the hardest category for me. Um, you know, yep. it, it had just as many candidates overall as the damage. Um I just think that support overall is is probably the hardest role to gauge when it comes to a lot of this stuff, right? Sure. It's it's more rare that you're seeing the POV of the support players than it is, you know, damage or tanks. Um, they're they're obviously it's the backline, right? They they are not necessarily going to be your superstars. Um, they're literally in the exactly, back. which is which is why <laughs> it's so impressive when you know someone like I think it was Shu last year that came out with that play on Havana where he kind of flanked the entire team on Baptiste right. and just dropped heads. Um, or or Jonak, who got MVP yep. in season yep. one. Like, how crazy is it, that? Now, now thinking back when we had totally. all the DPS get hog all the MVPs. Yeah, totally. Um, so <laughs> overall, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I, I was able to be swayed on, on a couple of these as well. Uh, but overall, I mean, I wanted Twilight in there because, like you say, maybe it's bias, um, but I, I felt validated watching another overwatch podcast today and hearing that somebody else did mention his name so mm. okay yeah I, I agree with most of it like it's always um i think the hard part is the the like supports outshining I'm, I'm happy at least we got one in lee chigong uh um uh, you really need to be amazing as a main support to to get you know call put in that list of, of supports. And yeah. Um, yeah, now now with tanks, at least, we, we get like a unified list, a True. more unified list than before. Yeah, yeah. And in tanks, we had Hanbin, easy choice. We had Hadi, who, you know, captivated all of our <laughs> uh, hearts uh, during the season. We had a, we have a somewhat controversial pick in, in Reiner. I think there's a couple of uh, other... Uh, candidates we can discuss a little bit uh, who might have taken his place, but ended up going for Reiner. And finally, Smurf, another, you know, pretty uh, unanimous vote for all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think on, on what I mentioned here? Is it really Reiner who whose spot on, on this choice of four tanks <laughs> was really at most jeopardy? Um, I would probably say yes. Um, I mean, to, to reveal our cards a little bit, I... Um, I had my vote cast for Reiner. Um, and overall, again, I think it comes down to that, that team play that they were able to, uh, to work with him so well on. Um, yes, I know Gladiator struggled in, in the summer showdown, uh, 
tournament and everything like that. Um, but overall, I think, you know, going into the season, he was talked up quite a bit. Um, and people were a little uncertain. Is he actually going to be able to perform at the level that we're, we're hoping he will? And I think he delivered, um, you know, out, outside of summer showdown. And even to that extent, I think, uh, you know, there was some coaching decisions that, that took a little bit to come through and could have, could have changed people's minds about the gladiators in the summer showdown. Um, obviously we saw them, you know, have some success towards yeah. the very end of it. Granted, Reiner wasn't in the lineup for there. So Reiner was the one that I think to me, you know, there were a couple other picks that I would have easily <clears throat> gone for. Um, you know, someone like Kaluge comes to mind because I think Kaluge did step right. up. Um, and you know, was a bit of a question mark. Obviously big shoes to fill, uh, once, uh, Super announced mm-hmm. he was not going to be, uh, playing in this season. And I think he, he really did a good job, uh, stepping in and stepping up. So he, he's another one that I could have gone for there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for me, it was, uh, either Kaluge or Hawk, um, who were kind of aiming towards the spot. Obviously, there's other choices like, uh, like Void, um, who definitely could just be inserted and no one would, um, uh, no one would uh, mm-hmm. blink, but, at the end of the day, I'm I'm not upset with that pick. Two uh, stage championships speak for themselves, and who knows what else uh, is going to happen. Like I, I agree with you, the fact that we had the stage three where he uh, uh, did not perform well, and the and the team just sank with him. And and if the gladiators do end up winning it all, you can be damn sure mm-hmm. that uh, Reiner is going to be instrumental yeah. in, in getting there. Totally. One one other shout out that I would like to mention that I didn't vote for, but I I kind of think I should have. Or or uh, another one that would have been a consideration is Dante. Um, you know, someone mm. who I think has really stepped up, pick. yeah, uh, and and shown that you know he can compete on a role that he's not you know previously known for, right? Um, and some right. would suggest a role that he didn't want to play either. Um, I don't know how much truth uh, nobody there wants is to play that. tank. <laughs> That's a good point. No, nobody worth anything. Anyways. Um, but, but yeah, I, I definitely think that, uh, he, his performance has been, like you say, instrumental in, uh, in the success that Houston has seen this season. So, yeah, I agree. Oh, poor Chris. We're just like <laughs> abusing his absence. He'll never know. Here. He's not here. Well, <laughs> that's for sure. I, I'm not sure he's going to listen all the way to 125. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. The damage, uh, uh um, round here then uh, lots of, of great names in here for sure uh we have kefster first pick then we have proper we already talked a little bit about this guy he's pretty good as well um then we have lip from the shanghai dragons who made us all forget about uh Fleta for for a while that's how good uh, lip was this season and finally uh, another homer pick here in aspire and this is a a hill we are willing to die on because we have a spire right here next to us on the sojourn, just headshotting the hell out of your favorite DPS's uh, player one time after another. And uh, yeah, and then and what are your thoughts on our DPS picks overall? Uh, I I like this this list quite a bit. Um, you know, the, there were a few other candidates potentially. I mean, Kai on the Atlanta Rain comes to mind. Sure. Um, yeah, he's like Aspire, but only worse on the Sojourn. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and that's why Aspire got that slot. Um, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, there 
<laughs> overall, I mean, the damage roll was pretty stacked this year, right? A lot of impressive players. Mm. Um, Zest on Philadelphia Fusion was was yes. excellent. Um, you know, Profit on the Soul Dynasty. Uh, I want to say someone from Toronto, but I really, I just can't bring myself to do it, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> well, if Chris was here, he'd probably do that, but he's not, so. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, ultimately. Sparkle had a, a yeah. n- nice time. Jinmu played well this true, year as well. True. Yeah. Um, Pelican. There's a lot of I great mean, players, of course. When decay when he wants to. When when that's uh, when he wants to. God, uh, don't get me started <laughs> on that. Um, on the Hangzhou Spark, I mean, Shy carried the team for at oh, least yeah. the first half of the yes. season, right? Yes. Um, literally just threw them on their on his back and carried them. If if yeah. the Hangzhou Spark had continued to succeed, uh, very much in a similar way to what Leave did last year with the Chengdu Hunters. Yes, very similar. Then I think Shy would be, if not an MVP pick, um, I think he would be a role star for sure. But ultimately, I mean, you can, you're only so strong, right? You can only walk that far mm-hmm. with your team on the back. So. Anyways, point is, I'm happy with this list. And like I say, we, we had to do our, but we didn't have happy on the list. No, we didn't. Uh, he would have been a good pick too, though, right? Um, Right. You know, he, he was there for the gladiators. Um, and obviously he wound up on the gladiators for good reason. Uh, you know, he wouldn't have made his way there had, uh, had he not been able to, to perform at the level that he can. So, um, lots of good options. Ultimately, I like our list and, you know, we got to do our boy aspires a solid here and get him on. So yeah, for yeah. sure. I was avoiding, I was avoiding making comments on your carry uh comments and we already touched upon that a little bit but uh, i was avoiding that because we're on to the big one to the mvp pick and this might be a controversial one and i think at the start of the season even like two two stages in there was a clear candidate uh um you know the, the favorite for a lot of people was probably kefster and, and by saying that I'm spoiling that we did not end up <laughs> choosing him, choosing Kefster. Mm-hmm. Uh, then later a little bit, Tanbin came into the play. Mm-hmm. And this is just bringing, bringing the point home that every time there'd be like other candidates, but there was one guy who was always there. Yeah. One guy who at the start, you'd always doubt like, it can't happen, right? Yeah. We, we already have... Uh, um, you know, an award, just, you know, just carve his name on there. He can't be that good, right? And, well, let's just, you know, let's just, just spill the beans. As our MVP, we chose proper. And I, at the start, it was like when I was just thinking about this, like, oh, that would be a spicy pick. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense, you know? Like what you said about um shy yeah. you know what he could have done as leave yeah. uh what we said about uh what we thought about kefster to begin the, the season that's what this dude was doing all year long even in the games that they fell in the playoffs uh and 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 a couple of times they came pretty darn close mm-hmm. this guy did it all yeah. like even going down fighting You'd have to like do everything in your power to avoid uh, uh, losing the match. 
going down, he's the kind of player who'd consistently get three, four of your players. And and when he's down, you know that like, you've won the fight. Just get rid of this guy. He's like your boss in 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 any you know, like Pine when when you have that. You know, they always say, oh, Pine's the big boss. They show the, the same single highlight from, well, two highlights, <laughs> one from Junkertown on on uh, um, Widow and then on Iliuswell on on the Cassidy. Uh, this is what this guy does consistently. Yeah. Unbelievable. Five years, people were waiting for him to, to step up to Tier 1. And the hype is big and huge. Like, comparing it to something, imagine, like, LeBron James with all the hype in the world coming into uh, the NBA as a rookie directly going and and like becoming a a favorite MVP uh, uh, candidate like being the best player in the league that's kind of like what we're looking at here obviously you know careers uh, esports is way more condensed um, but it's just insane right what this guy is able to not only that but like on every freaking hero yeah there's there's no denying uh the impact that proper had on the San Francisco shock and would have on any team that he <coughs> finds himself on um I mean for those keeping track uh that's why he is our m v p and rookie of the year right He may be the first first uh player to win both awards this and probably would be the last as well uh, yeah very well could be um because he is he is that good um you know, like I say, the the comparison to Leave last year, uh, where where Leave did win MVP, um, but not necessarily on the winningest team. Um, I kind of mm-hmm. get the feeling that that's the difference between you know a proper and a Kevster, right? Um, I don't see Kevster winning MVP, but I could see the Gladiators winning, you know, winning the Grand Finals. Um, sure. And I, I very much see the same uh, with Proper and the San Francisco Shock. I don't necessarily see the San Francisco Shock winning the Grand Finals. But I do see Proper winning these awards because he is uh, that impressive in almost every way. So properly good. Yes, that's right. It, he would he would be a <laughs> proper winner. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, a proper pick for mm-hmm. sure. He he might add a most little val- zest. He's, he's to definitely the our. <laughs> he's our most valuable proper, and he would help the San Francisco Shock profit. Oh, but you're bringing. Like, <laughs> I'm just going like, through MVP like picks. Players, he might even yeah. hand them a bin. Han <laughs> bin. Oh, uh, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. Is it? <laughs> that was that's the toughest one. It's a stretch, but it's a good <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like what is what is? Uh, I liked your phrase of "there's no denying." Yeah. Right? There's no denying that proper is that good. Like. I don't. I don't see another. Nobody player can winning. argue against this. Yeah. Like, what is your argument that they didn't win the? They didn't win the the championships during the stages. Have you seen the, these games? Have you exactly. watched with your eyes? Even in are you even in the losses that San Francisco had, you will hear the casters focusing on proper, and you will see the point of you will see proper's point of view frequently. Because because he's always doing something impressive. Like that's that's the thing. always yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. You're always thinking like, yeah, he he can't do that like three four times in a row, and he goes out and and does it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think like you know they they have a good squad. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they get close no. to their record without him. 
because he's just so such a big part of what they do and, and, and overwatch is kind of like that to put in this huge disruptor it's kind of like what decay was at its peak mm-hmm. but all the time right it's kind of like those great performance but all the time that's another thing that we need to commend him on like the guy is just consistent yeah. and as a rookie mm-hmm. to add to that it's unbelievable yeah. On that high, high, high note, I think it's a great note, a proper note to finish <laughs> the show on. Uh, and here we are at the end of the episode. Insert all the things here that Chris normally says at this point. I was your, your host, Alex, at OmniStrive, and with me, of course, Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. Give us a follow and or review for our show at Ready, Set, Pwn on Twitter. And Jordan, of course, with One Man Watchpoint. Ah, anything I've forgotten to add? I don't think so. Jordan, have you any words of wisdom? Well, I'd just like to say that you should always aim for the moon and hit your head on the way up. (laughs) It kind of took my words of wisdom. Yeah, well, what will I add? Mm, Oh, I, I actually did think about this. Remember Game of Thrones when it was actually good first seasons and mm-hmm. all that? It was amazing, amazing, amazing. The books are nice too. I remember what Tyrion said to to um what's his name? Jon Snow. Jon Snow used to be upset at people calling him bastard. Mm-hmm. He'd, he'd get tilted and and you know, he'd get afraid. tilted. And, and I'm pretty sure that's what he said. He get in the tilted. Books. John was very tilted. First Yeah, he got tilted and he started, you know, spazzing and all that. <laughs> And Tyrion told him, you know, use it as your armor and nobody will be able to to hurt you. So I will wear my shame as armor and nobody will able will be able to use it against me. I placed Bronze 3 in Overwatch 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, hey, from here, <coughs> for the moon and hit your head on yeah. the way up. Yeah, I used to be in Diamond at one wow. point, but, you know... It's true. Old age does affect oh, your... Oh, uh, absolutely. It absolutely does. That's for sure. A baby would do that too. You know, like a little play That's why Chris is wood deer. <laughs> <laughs> wood three. Yeah. All right. I think that's properly the end then. Catchphrase! Thank you.